Snowmobiling Podcast is brought to you by CKX Gear. CKX Gear, they are the manufacturer of the brand new Mission Helmet. And here's a quick word about the new Mission Helmet. Hope you enjoy this uh, podcast with Steve Houle. The Mission Helmet is equipped with an integrated air management system exclusive to CKX helmets. This unique technology allows you to decrease the risk of condensation by evacuating moist air to the outside of the helmet. Under certain weather conditions, the breath deflector will ensure proper operation. The crucial purpose of this component is to isolate the nose and mouth area so that moist air can be confined. To achieve this, it must be well positioned and rest tightly and comfortably over the entire perfect adjustment you'll be able once on the trail to fully enjoy all the benefits of the mission and the AMS technology. To learn more about the mission helmet, please go to ckxgear.com or visit our YouTube channel. The CKX team wishes you a wonderful season. pleasure of having uh, a, a legend of the uh, snowmobile, snowcross, oval, cross-country scene, a guy that uh, he, he may not even uh, realize that I, re- I lined up against him in the, in the 80s on uh, the Yamaha SRVs. Um, welcome to the show, Steve Houle. How are you doing, Steve? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you've, uh, you've been a well-requested uh, uh, a person on, on my social media to get uh, uh, you and your brother and, and you know, now you told me you're at a, you're in Florida right now, and you're at uh, something I didn't know, but you're uh, you're quite the baseball player. Uh, you're down there with at a baseball tournament. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I play uh, major league senior softball. It's uh, it's slow pitch softball, but it's a it's a pretty high level. Um, we're playing in a tournament of champions down here because our our Speedworks sponsored team won the world championship. Uh, last September out in Las Vegas in the 55 and over division. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty prestigious award. And uh, there's 12 teams that qualified for this tournament down here. They're all real good teams. They had to qualify to get in. So it'll be a fun weekend. Yeah. So these are all the guys that work for you at, at Speedworks. Uh, is, is that uh, the team? No, no, actually it's a little more involved than that. Um, we have, we have guys on our team, uh, most of the teams from around the Midwest, but we have players from oh, a couple from Florida, one from South Carolina, uh, kind of all over. They're all, they're all good ball players. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. We, I, I don't think anybody, you know, that knew you, uh, race probably knew that you, uh, you were, you were a baseball player, but you said you were quite a high, high level baseball player in back in your day. So, well, actually fun. I played. Yeah, I played baseball before I ever started racing. I started uh, racing kind of late, not till I was 21. And the reason I started racing is because I broke my shoulder and I couldn't play baseball anymore. So, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well who, who would have thought that uh, you know you would have chosen that? Because uh, you know, in snowmobile racing, snowcross is uh, that's pretty tough on the shoulders too. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. So. There's, there's, hmm. 
plenty of old injuries from racing too that I deal with every day, but yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. So yeah, can't sure. complain. Okay, what, what, are you, what do you tell us? What, what, are, what are you do, What are you doing? Your, your present business and um, your team affiliation with uh, with other race teams right now. Well, you talk about that. What, uh, what you're doing now, and then we're going to jump back to the beginning when you started uh, started racing. Well, right now this current season, um, I got hired by Skidoo to do the clutching and engine tuning for the Warner racing team, which is, uh, we started the season with two pro drivers and one pro light, uh, Adam Renheim and Daniel Benham were the pros and Francis Peltier was a pro light driver. Uh, unfortunately Adam broke his leg in the second race of the season, but, uh, we're still plugging away with two guys and it's, it's going really well. Um, Daniel Benham is in second in pro points and uh, Francis Peltier is in first place in pro light points on the ISOC circuit. That's great. That's fantastic. And, you know, the, the Skidoo team is just, I mean, the, you, you have to admit, I mean, they're, they're, they really are the dominant model this year for, for snowcross kind of thing. So uh, how did you get hooked up with, hooked up with them? Did, did they, I mean, you, We'll get back to what you—you you were also the mechanic for Tucker Hibbert for for several years in championships. How did uh, how did you get involved with uh, Warner? Uh, well, they knew that we, you know, for the last uh, close to twenty years, I did the same type of work, clutching and engine tuning for Tucker Hibbert. Um, I started with him when he was thirteen years old, and and I was there until he retired. So that was pretty cool, and. Um, just being at the track with, with all the guys, you know, Skidoo, Articat, Polaris, whatnot, everybody kind of knows each other. And, uh, they knew that Tucker retired and they had a, an opening for someone to do this kind of work. And they contacted me and, and, uh, we put a deal together and the rest is history. That's fantastic. So you got an off weekend this weekend. Uh, um, is the, the team is up and are, are they up in Velcourt? Yeah, they they went up there. This was one weekend. I I I I I'm attending all of the ISOC races, but not Belcourt. So yeah, and you got your uh, big yeah. tournament. You got your big baseball tournament. So yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. It so, actually yeah. worked out pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So um, what's happening at Speedworks these days? Um, uh, it's a, a booming uh, uh, aftermarket uh, company. Um, uh, how's things going with uh, Speedworks? I mean, uh, the the UTVs have got to be exploding right now. Yeah, yeah, my son Jeremy, you know, he started racing UTVs a couple of years ago and he's done really well. He won a lot of races and got a lot, a lot of exposure for the company. Um the, the company as a whole is, has been uh uh primarily an Articat brand company in the past, but we are uh branching out into other brands, Polaris and and Skidoo, so it's gotten really busy trying to develop product for more machines and more brands, but, um, but we're looking forward to it. It's pretty exciting and, 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 you know, fun to have a new challenge working with some new colors and new people. Yeah. I gotta tell you the, uh, up, up here in, uh, in, in Canada, the, the CSRA just debuted their first, uh, UTV race at, uh, at a snowcross race in Lindsay, Ontario. And the, uh, and, and the, and the excitement about the, these new UTV races, uh, uh, it, it was it, it kind of overshadowed the snowcross a little bit because uh, it's such a new a new sport and uh, 
and the UTVs are, are growing like crazy. It was, it was it's quite phenomenal, uh, you know, uh, how how well the UTVs are going. So uh, you could be you could be in for a busy uh, a busy uh, coming uh, years uh, with uh, developing new products for the UTVs now. Well, we're we're hoping that's the case. You know, we've we've seen the same thing in other venues too, like the the Lucas series. Uh, you know, the side by sides are by far the two biggest classes and. It, the phone's ringing every day with people wanting to get into it or, or you know, learn about it, what it takes to start racing them, uh, if they can buy a turnkey unit, and, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah, we know there's a lot of buzz out there. And, of course, uh, if CSRA starts a, a circuit for them, uh, we know ISOC is going to start a circuit for them. So yeah. the future looks bright for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're quite happy. Um, okay. So let's get back to where to where it all started. Um, uh, when, when when did you start racing, and um, what what disciplines did you uh, did you originally start with? I started in 1980, and uh, the first race I did was a cross country race. Yeah, um, the old ICCSF circuit. I just remember there was it was a 250 mile race, and there was about 250 entries, which is pretty phenomenal compared to what goes on nowadays yeah and uh yeah i just uh uh raced on a three-year-old snowmobile <laughs> and i entered and a couple buddies came along to help me with the race and ended up finishing in the top 10 so yeah what brand what, cool. what, what yeah. brand were you on then it was a polaris a 340 txl Oh yeah, yeah. One of the old uh, was the cross country. What they call them? The cross country uh, TXLs or something back then. I think they called them. They, well, uh, they had a they they built the first IFS um, TXLs that year. Unfortunately, I didn't uh, have one of those or the money to buy one. So I had a three year old leaf spring sled. So oh no, really? <laughs> I was I was the first leaf spring sled in the. And finished in the top ten, so it it got some people's attention right away, and things things got easier in a hurry after that. I bet, yeah, leaf spring and you know going up against the IFSs that would that would have been tough. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So um, okay, so so um, you started out with Polaris, but I guess shortly after, and, and when I first became aware of you, um, was in '83 ish or so when you um, started on the on the the factory Yamaha team. Um, did, yeah. did, did you, did you win, uh, championships before then, uh, and, and Yamaha discovered you then, or how did that go? Uh, well, I, I won some races. I didn't really do, uh, a full season and one series to win a points championship, but, uh, I was, you know, Jim Kendrick was around enough and talked to me a lot. And then when 83 came around, they, they picked the riders for the, dream team i guess is whatever you want to call it and yeah i was with them for uh 83 through 88 yeah i think that's a good term to call it considering all the racers that were on that team uh um I, you know uh, i i i was on the canadian team uh up here and we came down to uh, hill city um uh, for the first event and uh, you guys were all there and uh, it was just a it was just a smoke show you guys dominated everything with uh, with yeah. you know, the Bender and Donahue's and yourself and and stuff and there there was you know many others, but um, Useful Dinger, yeah, yeah. Useful Dinger, yeah. The, 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 I mean, it, it was the dream team. There was no question about it. <laughs> so yeah, um, but um, pretty how, amazing team. Yeah, the the, uh, 
Yeah, we were we were called a team, but it was always our main competition was always each other. So it was, yeah, it yeah, made it sure. interesting. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And and uh, I and uh, going forward uh, for the uh, for the snow crosses and stuff, um, the the Ice Le Mans thing started, and um, that's that's when we started to see uh, you guys all experiment with different chassis builds and and, and stuff like that. Um, were you just getting like support from Yamaha and, and you're kind of going off in different directions uh, with uh, different chassis and stuff like that? Because I noticed I've got photographs of you guys at uh, Eagle River and um, you had a different chassis. Tim had a different chassis. Yulstinger had a different chassis. Um, was that was that the norm? Like uh, you, you guys are kind of going in different directions there with, with uh, different stuff. Yeah, they gave us the freedom to build, you know, whatever we wanted within within reason and and we all had a kind of our own deal um yeah bender built built a bunch of chassis uh we built one um it was an all aluminum lightweight chassis we called it a phaser light uh which it happened to be a have a pretty phenomenal phenomenal race record at that sled we won uh the toyota Yamaha Formula Series, which was the biggest race of the year. That was uh, 86, 87, and 88. They gave away a, a new pickup truck and a snowmobile and a snowplow and a bunch of cash oh, nice. for winning those races. And we were fortunate enough to win all three of those. So that really? was pretty cool. Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, 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 that was exciting racing, too, uh, the, the Ice Le Mans races and stuff like that. That was uh that was pretty decent, pretty neat stuff. Um, so um, you, you, raced, you raced all the disciplines. Did you have a favorite? Um, I don't, you know, not just one for like, I like cross country because you got so much seat time. You didn't spend half the day sitting around waiting for something to happen, which is kind of what happens in, in oval racing a lot and, and snow cross. But I, I like, snow cross and ovals a lot too you know yeah it was always a a challenge to figure out what you needed to win a particular race at a particular track and do the, the chassis work and the engine work and we learned enough about it through all those races to be able to start a business and make a living at it so yeah. it had a, been pretty fortunate yeah because i think everybody would probably know know you as really an oval racer uh, because you were so dominant in the in the in the 90s and stuff like that with the uh, the oval racing but uh, uh you, yeah like like you said you're you were quite successful in the snowcross and cross country uh disciplines too um so you had uh what you you went into uh the late 80s or so and then when and then formula 3 started um um what 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 happened in that in that in that period there like uh, you were you were with Yamaha and i guess um they they scaled back a little bit and 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 you went off to Polaris. How did how did that transition go? Yeah, it just uh, you know they decided in '88 they weren't going to have the team format anymore. They were uh, not not sure. I remember exactly why they did it. I know I can remember some numbers like that that we had won as a team eighty some percent of all the races we were entered in and, and Yamaha got to number one in market share. And then I think they just decided um, to scale back a little bit. They met their goals. So they stuck with, with Tim, Tim Bender kept racing Yamaha's and 
of course, as soon as the word got out, we were approached by by other teams, by Claris and by Pro Five, and uh, yeah, I took a ride with them right away, and and of course, Formula Three was was the biggest thing going yeah. for a while. It, it got to be where there were probably weren't enough enough guys uh, winning or capable of winning, and then that kind of fizzled out too. But it was a lot of fun while it lasted. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, like I, when, when Formula Three started, then then you, you you really could have different different winners every 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 weekend. There were there really wasn't. In, in in the early years, at least, uh, you know, a, a dominant a dominant brand. It was uh, it was it was Tim. It was Pro Five. It was uh, uh, Skidoo. Even got a, 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 a few a few. And um, uh, so yeah yeah. Uh, so why Pro Five? Did, did you did you have did you know the guys uh, out there like uh, Rugland and, and all those guys and Bert Bassett and stuff? Did you? Yeah, I I knew Bert pretty good from cross country racing because he was doing some cross country at the time and. Uh, yeah, got along with him pretty well. Um, actually got my, they had hired Mike while I was still at Yamaha and he was racing there too. So, um, that, that made it kind of easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, pro five, it was, it was a player's performance kind of division, I guess it was, um, with, with pretty good, heavy involvement from Polaris. Um, uh, were, you, you probably could have been called the the, uh, the official maybe Polaris team because other than Jimmy Paulson, you guys you guys were it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that was kind of how everyone viewed it. We're just you know a couple blocks down the street from the factory and going back and forth and had had factory support and and uh, they just didn't have the you know the so-called factory snow pro team like they had had in the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, Formula Three, uh, it, it 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 went on for you know probably a, what uh, maybe realistically a good honest five to seven years maybe of of of, of, of you know being super popular. Um, what what you you had a tremendous success with you with you and your brother in Pro Five. Uh, uh, how, how how do things go? Any any standout races that that you really? Uh, you, I mean, you won Eagle River, obviously, um, but any yeah. other standout events that uh, you you know really really uh, were were fond of or? Uh, kind of well, thing? you know, we we always did the best on the on the bigger tracks. You know, for some reason, I guess it's just the way I like to set up the chassis. Mike Mike was good on all the tracks, but really good on the shorter tracks. Uh, but yeah, Eagle River we won in '93 from the back row. That was pretty cool. You know, wins at Brainerd and uh, Escanaba was a good track for us. Always that was a big track. Um, I I don't know. It's it's all kind of a blur at this point. But <laughs> I know we, I know we won our fair share. <laughs> yeah. So what did you guys think when um, when when uh, Bender showed up with that with the uh, the VMAX? Uh, factory effort there what 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 was what was your thought then like like oh boy this is this is going to be we're going to see how this is going to (laughs) go yeah yeah it was well the the biggest question was who made these ridiculous rules you know yeah how come we have to race a a 600 cc against a a four-cylinder 750 with the same weight limit and and everything else you know but but still yeah i mean he had he had tons of speed on us but on shorter tracks or more handling tracks, we could give them a good run. 
Yeah, yeah. So I guess, uh, and, and around that time, you you started your your business, Hot Seat. Um, uh, what what uh, what brought you to to do that? Uh, just to, I, everybody knows that you were you were a wizard at uh, at, at clutching. Um, you just decided to uh, to try something and you know look into look to the future. Well, yeah, it was. It wasn't really on the radar other than a lot of the guys I raced against. You know, after Formula 3, I I went back to racing cross-country again on the ISOC circuit. And there were a lot of entries there at the time, too. And a lot of guys that were racing cross-country needed setup help. And, you know, I started helping some of those guys. Um, and, you know, they were willing to buy parts or, or whatever it took to get them running good. And... A lot of the production machines at the time, you know, needed a lot of help in the clutching and tuning to get them to run their potential. They always, back then, you know this, but they they left a lot on the table. You could make yeah. them, you could make a sled, you know, perform a lot better with with good clutching. Nowadays, they do a lot better job of it. They don't leave as much room for us to make improvement, but. At the time, there was definitely a need for it, and that was enough to get us off and running. Yeah, back and, uh, back those days, I mean, there there was, I mean, there was, you know, a couple dozen major aftermarket performance companies, and now there, there, there's down, you're down to like uh, a, a few now. Like, uh, but back then there was yeah. there was there was dozens of them. Um, so you you after after hot seat uh, that that turned into Speedworks. Correct. So everybody, right. everybody will will know the name Speedworks, but they probably didn't know the name behind it. Uh, Steve Hool. Talk, talk to us about uh, about that and and, and where Speedworks uh, started and, and and where it's going. Yeah. Well, when we started Hot Seat, it, it was primarily geared toward the Flares brand, and we actually had a an agreement with them to be exclusive to Polaris. and. Uh, after that was that started in about 94 and after like four or five years they had a lot of bunch of turnover in the in polaris corporate yeah and we were hot seat was kind of running the snowcross race program you know we had the the team running out of our shop and the new guys that came on board decided that they could or should do that themselves so yeah yeah uh so at the time, we we uh, we weren't thrilled about it, but we were no longer going to be the factory uh, Polaris operation. So they took over from there. And just a side note on that, <laughs> uh, spite or whatever you want to call it, but it took them five years from that day when they when they went their own direction to win another pro snowcross race. So yeah, yeah, I remember it, it set them back a little bit. Yeah. You, you had, <laughs> and, uh, you had Nathan Titus. Did you have Nathan Titus back then? Back yeah, then? Yeah. 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 Nathan and, Titus, Greg Hyde. Yeah. Greg Hyde. Um, yeah. 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 David Brown, Jack Struthers, all those guys. So yeah. Yeah. And those yeah, guys, those, those guys all, those, they all won many races back then <laughs> under yeah, the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, they all worked out of our shop and yeah, most of them lived at our house during the winter because they were all, you know, from out of town, mostly from out west. But, but yeah, and then it took maybe about two days after the word got out what was going to happen, and and uh, Roger Skym was on the phone, wanting to know if we'd be interested in working with the Articap brand. So, yeah, uh, it didn't take very long to switch gears and 
uh, and then that that's the story for about the next 20 years working with Articat and Tucker and Kirk and all those guys. Yeah. So, oh. t- so talk about that. What, 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 I mean, Tucker was the most dominant uh, rider uh, uh, in, in his day. I mean, well, well, Blair Morgan and him had some epic battles. But, but what was it like working with Tucker? He was he was pretty quiet, uh, to, I guess, to the uh, to the outside um, kind of thing. But w- what was it like uh, working with Tucker, uh, testing, uh, setting up a sled, uh, and stuff that you did really well? Yeah, it was. It was interesting in that he, well, the, his dad, Kirk, and I raced against each other in cross-country some, so I knew the family, uh, and Kirk was still racing at the time, so Russ Ebert was was overseeing Tucker's racing for the most part because Kirk was doing his own thing, and he, he didn't have time to do both. So Russ and I were also good friends. Uh, Russ asked if I wanted to come and help do some tuning on Tucker's sled when he actually was still in juniors and he was 13 years old, but you could see at the time that he was going to be pretty amazing. You know, what is, what he could do on a snowmobile and, uh, and Russ built him some, some real competitive lightweight, you know, a little ahead of their time sleds. And, uh, you know, but he won, won the X games. His first win was when he was 15 years old. Yeah. And, uh, he was still actually racing semi-pro then, but then he turned pro and we won, I don't know, I guess, I think we won nine, nine X games, gold medals in a row and just had a really good time. He, he's, uh, from the outside looking in, you know, he's pretty reserved, but, but when he was younger, he was just like any other squirrely normal little kid getting in trouble all the time and running around and throwing snowballs and and uh, as he as he matured he, he's just a a super good guy um you know never never been cocky at all this his secret to winning was never really a secret it was just to hard work, work hard work yeah. harder than everybody else and you know there are days where a lot of the guys practice on the same track for snowcross and you know if it was if it was a 30 degree day everybody would be out there practicing if it was about a, a zero degree day about half the guys would be out there and if it was 20 below we'd have the hook track all to ourselves that's how, <laughs> how it always went you know yeah. we were gonna we we're gonna work and train and test no matter what and that that was a big part of his success well, that's what you and Mike did too. By you know, when, when you were racing, you know, the, the colder the weather, that kind of eliminated the competition, because uh, you Minnesota guys, I found, were uh, were always the ones out testing, and uh, us guys from the north or uh, Canada or or you know wherever else, we were back in our trailers uh, getting warm, and uh, you, you guys were out <laughs> testing still. <laughs> yeah, so, so, I can remember one year at Eagle River. I think the wind chill was uh, was something close to 70 below Fahrenheit. I'm not sure what that is Celsius, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it, I mean, some of that cold weather testing paid off. We learned that when it gets that cold steel studs do, do not hold up, you got to have carbide. It'll, 
the ice gets so hard from it being that cold, it'll round them right off, and they won't work at all. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 what was yeah. what was your role with uh, with uh, the, the Tucker uh, Articat team? Then, uh, were you doing clutching, or were you doing like building the engines too, or what? Uh, yep. was, yeah, we actually built all of the race engines for Arctic for quite a while. For we built all the the snowcross mods or you know the ones that people could buy through the race shop we the built previous, all those uh, yeah a couple years snow- ago yeah a couple years ago yeah, yeah all the engines were done by speedworks yeah 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 so. yeah actually for for several years we did it um you know there were years that that it's hard to believe what we built like 130 engines there were that many guys racing between uh snowcross and hill climbs and and that sort of thing and then now it's you know well we don't even build mods anymore for snowcross but at the end there we were only building 15 to 20 that's how much it it slowed down yeah what 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 we'll get your get your opinion on on, on what's going on maybe at Articat kind of thing but uh do you think it's going to turn around um like uh you, you were with Articat for like i say probably to 20 plus years is it is it a little frustrating to see what's happening there now or yeah, it, it it's it's frustrating. The most frustrating part is just not being able to get any answers on you know on questions that we need to need to have answered. I guess to to run our business the way we think we need to. So we're hoping for the best. I mean, we're still working with a lot of cat guys, and we're still building a lot of aftermarket parts for them, especially mountain sleds. You know, that's a big part of our business. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, hopefully the hopefully the new ownership is going to get it in a place where everybody's happy. But uh, but frustrating, like you say, just not not knowing or not getting the answers. Yeah, are you building those? Uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, black cats? You're you're building those, aren't you? The uh, the mountain cats, the the mountain sleds, yeah, the special ones. Yeah, we built we've built quite a few of those for the uh, well, they call them the ambassadors the, yeah yeah the guys yeah so what goes uh, what goes what goes into them do you guys get a get a, a regular uh alpha sled the alpha one sled and and uh, and, and completely strip it down and add a bunch a whole bunch of aftermarket stuff like what, what goes into each one of those yeah. sleds well the coolest ones are yeah we we strip them down we put as much lightweight stuff on them as we can even though they're pretty light already uh we put a supercharger on um, a pump gas supercharger that makes them run, you know, close to 220 horse at elevation. And, uh, with a three inch paddle track on there, you can, you can just about climb straight up anything. This, the yeah. scariest part for me when you ride those things is with, you can get anywhere and then, uh, you get to the top of the mountain and look down and try to figure out how you're going to get down. <laughs> that's, that's the part I don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you get out much or much riding now or like a mountain or even trail riding or not much fun riding, mostly, mostly testing. Yeah. Um, we go over to the hall of fame ride whenever we can and ride that, that that's probably about as much trail riding as i get in every year yeah we gotta we gotta add you are an inductee to the snowmobile hall of fame too so we better we better yeah. mention that that uh you are inducted into the snowmobile hall of fame so congratulations on that <laughs> so um yeah uh, so um for, for for your your current role at at uh, at, at warner um 
what goes into your to your weekend there? Um, are you you're built you're rebuilding clutches? Uh, uh, are, are you doing suspension tech too, or, inv- or are you kind of widely involved with the whole the whole setup, or what's made mainly uh, your specialty? We, we collaborate with the suspension guys, but the, the KYB guys, uh, Jills and Tim, you know they they keep that stuff dialed in. We just communicate on what's going on as far as changes that they make or changes that I make to the engine or the clutching that might affect each other. But other than that, we operate independently. And I, yeah, I do the clutching and I and do the engine tuning, even though there isn't a, a lot of tuning we can do now with the, you know, electronically controlled stuff, yeah. but there is, there is some, um, and it's been, you know, really just, it, it's been all new starting out this year been spending as much time during the week testing with the guys as we can to get a feel for what what they like and and learning the skidoo sled and and what it likes at the same time so our goal was to be competitive by mid-season and um i'd say we're we're there you're there you're you're there (laughs) we're competitive but i also feel like we haven't really done much more than scratch the surface i mean i see a a lot more potential there, so really, hopefully, uh, more good things to come. Yeah. So, what do you what do you look for? What, what, like everybody knows you as as a tuning and clutching wizard. How did that come about with you? Just many like many 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 hours on on, on the lake. How, how did you uh, how did you really like focus on 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 doing that kind of setup? Uh, and, and where do you you are you self taught? Yeah, self taught. Um, I did. You know, my dad did some racing when we were younger and we got to dabble around in it and ride sleds when we were younger too but you know as much as much racing as we've done over the years it, you, at least for me I learned pretty early on that I wasn't going to be able to, to have exactly what I wanted unless I knew how to do it myself so um, that's kind of how it started with a lot of testing and trying different things and I don't know. I guess I've done it now for over 40 years. So I kind of know what a racer, what a rider is looking for from behind the handlebars. And I know what to look for reading the data that comes off the sled when it comes off the track and, you know, how to put it all together and, and, uh, make the rider happy and comfortable and make the sled fast. Yeah, one thing I realized uh, is when uh, you were you and uh, my brother were uh, were at Pro Five is you were making you were making a lot of custom stuff yourself, and I think that may have surprised a lot a lot of riders not not only on on Polaris but all the other brands is that you were custom making um, you, you, and you know dialing in your own clutch weights and springs and stuff like that. You were you were fabricating a lot of your own stuff and you know get, getting the perfect you know setup by by doing it yourself. Yeah, that's those were days when we learned a lot, and you know we had the ability to to go test the stuff and try different things. And I, um, you know, clutching is kind of uh, hard to teach or hard to tell somebody how to do it. I guess asked all the time, you know, how do you do clutching? As well, you got forty five years, I can tell you everything I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember Tim Bender telling me once uh, when when I asked him. Uh, 
how he does this clutching kind of, kind of thing. And he says, he, he just flatly said, get out on the lake <laughs> and spend yeah. hours, spend hours on the lake. And, uh, so that, and that, that's all, that's all he would give you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun racing. You know, I still, I'm still racing against Tim every week. You are. Yeah, you are still racing. Races, so yeah. We're good friends and we, we get, you know, we, our conversations are just, mostly about things not related to racing yeah because neither one of us wants to tell her tell the other one anything about racing so oh you probably could now yeah, you probably could now i think we, that would i think that would probably be my 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 dream uh podcast interview and is having uh you you and tim and bender or and uh and and mike and you dinger you know somehow get you guys all together i i gotta figure out how to do that and get you all on at the same time just to shoot the shit and uh and, and talk about the old days. I think that would be, uh, that'd be gold. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. So, um, so, uh, what, if, if, if going back, if you had to pick a sled that, that you knew when you went up to the starting line that, you know, okay, I got this, what sled would that be? Uh, one that you drove probably would have to be the, that phaser light that we built, you know, light, lightweight, um, just built every part on it was built as light as we could build it and, and still, still be durable enough. Um, you know, we were that, that sled, they were making new rules every week to try to keep us from winning races with that yeah. thing. It was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. I got some photos of that sled and uh, I will post them on my, uh, snowmobiling podcast, Facebook page. So you'll see that, uh, that photo, uh, I'll, I'll post that photo with this in, with this interview or or on a separate uh, a separate post, and uh, we'll show everybody exactly what the, what that sled was, and uh, and uh, and also what uh, Guy Olsendinger was doing, because yeah, it was it was pretty open rules back then. It was pretty it was pretty interesting uh, the the racing. Um, okay, competitors, who, who when you lined up, you looked over, did you uh, did you say, oh, oh this is this is going to be a tough one? Well, it depends uh, whether it's you know, Oval or, or Oval or Islamans. My brother was always the toughest guy to beat, and for me, and Uselinger was right there, and Bender too. Um, Snowcross guy guy was actually really good at Snowcross too. Tim Tim and Mike didn't probably like that type of racing quite as much. Yeah. So yeah. A, fav- a favorite track. What uh, would, would you like? Uh, what was your? What was the most anticipated uh, uh, track that you'd go, you'd go to every year? Uh, and ovals have to be Eagle River. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of success there over the years. I think we won like nine races there. Yeah. In different classes, and we're always it was a fun track to drive. Yeah, and you won the main one so, there. You won the main one in '93, right on the uh, on the Pro Five uh, players. The yeah, three. Formula yeah. Three, but yeah, we won. You know, we won stock races a and pro sprint yeah. and Mod yeah. Two and Mod Three and um, oh yeah, there was they had a couple snowcrosses there too that we won. I forgot about that. Yeah, but, yeah, it was yeah. always a fun place to go. Yeah, the Islamans there did de- de- debuted there uh, too, and uh, and and that was pretty interesting. There was some, there was a lot of different uh, stuff going on there with uh, Todd Elmer and yourself and uh, Donnie and all all kinds of different experimenting sleds you know kind of thing so yeah but uh all right cool so um 
let, let, let's you're, you're okay let's we'll, we'll we'll jump into your to your present day kind of thing like that um the aftermarket it, it certainly has struggled o- o- over the the years it seems to be coming back almost uh now you know thanks to the utvs um because a lot of these uh, engines are, are are basically the same as a snowmobile and a utvs now is is that that's a huge benefit for you guys obviously yeah i think so it, you know it, it, the thing it helps the most is our with snowmobiles it's such a seasonal business yeah and we've we've always we do a lot with uh how we build headers for dirt track cars and you know we do atvs and we've done side by sides for a long time so but it's never been like the last couple of years where it's really really taken off and kept us busy um all summer like we are in the winter so it's exciting and and we're planning on doing all the brands on the side by sides too so got a lot of work ahead of us is it is it a little scary to think that uh, you, you don't want to jump in too hard like everybody did with the uh, snowmobiles with all the aftermarket performance companies is, is are, are you going to be is there are you going to be more cautious with with, with this uh, because right now the utvs look like they're they're going gangbusters but uh are, are you still kind of you know, being cautious about not going too crazy on the performance stuff well i don't know we we're our business plan has always been to have have our stuff on the racetrack competing and hopefully winning and getting us exposure that way uh getting exposure and also testing the durability of our parts that's the way we've always done it we we've never felt like we jumped in too hard on snowmobiles i mean we there's a lot of aftermarket companies that have gone by the wayside and we've seen that but we've never um never had to question the way we've gone about it i guess yeah so you, where where do you think the the, the utv market's going to go with uh with this the, you know did, did you see uh racing expanding and uh yeah, you know, obviously the, the the OEMs are liking the UTVs now because there's a big profit in them. But uh, where, where do you see maybe uh, UTV racing going? Well, I think as long as they have uh, a good TV deal for people to watch it that can't be at the races, that'd be a big plus. Uh, as long as they have good purses for the racers uh, and keep it as affordable as possible, I think it's going to keep taking off i don't i don't see any reason to think otherwise yeah you mentioned your your son uh, your son is racing um uh what about you are, are, are you gonna are you gonna maybe have a, a a later resurgence and uh and try some utv racing uh i think i i'm kind of doubtful on that one unless they decide they want to have a class for 60 and over i might try that but i i've got enough racing under my belt i'm having fun with this senior softball deal it keep, keeps me in shape and keeps my uh competitive juices flowing so yeah i'm enjoying that and enjoying what i'm doing on the race weekends too yeah good 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 weather too you're you know, you know nothing like playing softball down down in florida right now so well, while the boys yeah. are freezing up north so um <laughs> so um you're uh, the uh the performance uh, uh, part of uh, of, of Speedworks. Um, what, what's the kind of percentage breakdown for for racing parts and say consumer parts? Uh, what um, how, how do you how do you go about uh, you know deciding what what to do more of? Um, yeah, they, 
there's definitely a higher percentage of consumer parts. The actually the the Western market is our our biggest uh, area of sales. The the sleds that go out to high elevation are well the, the, a normally aspirated machine, whether it's a two stroke or a four stroke. If it's if it's non boosted. They lose three percent of their horsepower for every thousand feet they go up in elevation. So, if we can figure out a way for them to get that horsepower back when they go ride in the mountains, there's a big market there for that. Um, there's a lot of turbocharged sleds out there. Uh, when I rode the first turbo, it was almost unrideable for me because it had so much lag on the bottom end. And that's when we started the development of. Uh, a supercharger for the two-stroke, and we've, we're the only company, aftermarket company, that's been able to figure out how to make a supercharger work on a two-stroke, and uh, and we're, we sell a lot of those for out west. That's a, that's a huge part of our business. Yeah, well, we're see, we're seeing uh, Skidoo now introducing that new uh, turbocharged uh, uh, two-stroke. Do, do you see maybe? Possibly Articat and stuff doing that too. Obviously, they see the success. Um, what, what you're well, doing with the superchargers and now the t- turbocharge. Yeah, we've, we've we've got the turbocharged Skidoo in the shop, and that <laughs> they uh, figured out how to how to get that turbo to run without lag. It's a, it really runs great. I've been on it some already, so yeah. Um, that's that's going to be a huge seller out west, and our plan for that machine isn't so much to build a, a supercharger for it it doesn't need it but to do the clutching and the exhaust and you know whatever we can find to make it run a little bit better for our customers that's what we're going to do have you have you got a dyno in, in-house oh yeah. yeah yeah we have we have a, we have engine dynos we have track dynos chassis yeah. dynos we have yeah, we have all that stuff. So how hard how hard is it? I mean, the like you said, the manufacturers have, have pretty much figured stuff out now, as far as uh, uh, you know, making the production stuff so darn good. How how hard is it now for you to get that extra two, three, five, ten percent out, out of a sled now? Like, uh, how, how much development goes into say something like that? Yeah, you know, like we talked before, they don't leave as much on the table for us anymore for improvement, but. Our improvements are uh, where they build a, an OEM machine to cover up such a broad range of conditions. Um, we can talk to the sled owner and target more what type of riding they do and dial it in a little bit more for that, plus build a lot of adjustability into it so they can adapt with the conditions. That's that's what it's evolved into now. It's more... Uh, customization for the type of riding that they do yeah yeah so you're 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 obviously looking into future to keep uh to, to keep uh, you know deciding what what's going to be the next big thing um uh, how frustrating is that uh, to uh to, to think about the, the future of uh of your business of the performance aftermarket is it uh is it a tough business uh, to to think what's next well yeah they it's always tough to <laughs> look into the crystal ball and try to figure out what's coming next. But um, I don't know. We've been at it for a long time and it, it's changing, but it's a lot of the same too. So I, I think we're just going to stay with the plan that's worked with us, worked for us so far and see where it takes us. 
Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I think we 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 covered covered everything here. Um, where do you see? Or I'll give you an opportunity to uh, can, can you uh, tell us about any any maybe future product coming up from Speedworks that uh, you're excited about that you might want to promote? Anything uh, anything coming down the pipeline pipeline there? Well, just uh, I guess on the snow side, the the coolest, newest, exciting thing is that turbo we just talked about, the A50 Skidoo. Yep. Um, seeing what we can do with that machine, it, it's uh, it, it's got lots of potential, and we're just starting to get into it right now. But we're excited about that. And then on the side by sides, uh, yeah, we, we're just we're. We're there's, going there's wide open, there. trying to. There's lots build. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't even know how many are in the shop right now. There's a whole bunch of them, and they're all different colors, and they all, they're all getting exhaust systems fit on them, and and data acquisition systems so we can get out and test and get them yeah. all dialed in. Yeah. Uh, do, do you see anything um, late late season for for the Skidoo uh, uh, Turbo? Do you, uh, any? Any kind of release date or any of, of anything coming up uh, that we can talk to, you know, tell people about? Um, I don't yet. I mean, we've just had it for a few days, but yeah. we're we're hoping to have, you know, we'll, people can check our website out too at speedworks.com and and there'll be some updates on there as we go along. Yeah, but you you see you see a lot of potential in the clutching and, and exhaust area, though, do you? Oh yeah, 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 okay. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, all right. Well, that, well, that's fantastic. And uh, Steve, I, I, I really appreciate uh, uh, getting a hold of you. I mean, you, you're, you're, you, you reacted pretty quick. Uh, we, we got a hold of you pretty quick, uh, considering uh, uh, your, your schedule. So, I really appreciate you uh, talking with us. And um, uh, like I say you, you, you want to mention your, uh, your, your, your company again, and, um, and where people can contact you, and maybe uh, at the next ISOC races, come by to uh, the Warner trailer and say hi. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, anybody can keep track of what we're doing at speedworks.com and keep an eye on the uh, Warner Racing team. We're we're sitting pretty good in season points right now. Hopefully we can get uh, Daniel Benham up a little closer to Mr. Eshole, but he's a pretty tough customer too. But, uh, yeah, we're having a good time working on the Ski-Doos and looking forward to, well, we got we got three more races here to see what happens by yeah. the end of the season well, that's fantastic well thanks again steve and uh i really appreciate it. and it's uh, it's great talking to you again i uh, you know it's uh i i, I gotta tell you whenever i lined up beside you with the srv i, I go oh shit look look what i gotta do <laughs> look what i gotta deal with here <laughs> so yeah. it was it's, yeah, those it, were the good old days they, they were they were great days so i uh, like i say really appreciate it good luck on your softball team i hope you're uh back-to-back uh world champions and uh and uh, good luck with that, and uh, hope hope to see you soon. All right, thanks, Gord. You take care. Talk to you soon. Yeah, bye bye.